Hey, this is Rob, and that's Micaiah, and you are listening to You Forgot One. Today on You Forgot One, the season three finale. Micaiah, can you believe it's been three years of us doing this podcast? Rob, I would believe it if you told me it's been three years since we've been doing season three. (laughs) Because we have not been at our regular pace. Mm -hmm. So, and we've talked a lot about this off mic, that this has been a long season. Normally we're doing bonus episodes uh, at this point, but it's been a long year for the both of us. Mm -hmm. Um, As we speak, my living room is filled with boxes because I'm moving this week. That's right. You guys bought a house. Yep, and I'm, you know, teaching three classes and working full time and writing part time. And, you know, so it's just like it, you know, there's just a lot going on. And when we started this in the COVID era, in the COVID era, it was just um, easier to get guests. And now everyone's busy. We're not the only ones. Yeah. I mean, so the reality is um, you are married now. Mm hmm. and you and your lovely wife just bought a house. Like you said, uh, busy, you're writing more. Um, you wrote a book during the course of this season. Um, you have been writing for Bandbox during the course of this season. And um, my career has shifted um, in the course of this season. So this has been one of those years, even if it weren't harder to get guests because of everyone being busy. It's also just the reality that our own lives have been busier. And so mm-hmm. rightfully so this podcast, which we love doing, but does not provide either one of us with a stable income is something that gets pushed to the back burner a lot. And then doing podcasts for our guests who a lot of our guests are friends of ours now, multiple time guests, people that we've loved having on, but it's also something they're doing. You know, we don't pay our guests to come on. All of our guests come on for free and we do the podcast for free. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's just been harder, I think, to make the podcast happen this season. And because of that, it's, it's kind of dragged along a little bit. And so, like you said, this would be Uh, We would have been into our third or fourth bonus episode by now if this had gone at the clip that season one and season two did. So we've kind of made the commitment that for season four, um, we're going to get back in the habit, whether we have a guest or not, we're going to do every week and get back to that kind of disciplined disciplined approach because otherwise it just drags on for too long. So yeah, this this has been the longest season by some stretch, but yet it's still just been the 25 albums. Yeah, uh, 24 because our, our 25th album was picked during our emo bracket mm-hmm. um, during the last uh, um, bonus episode season, really. It's the same way that Nevermind, you know, was kind of a bonus episode. And then we're like, you know what? Let's put it on the list. Neither of us are really a, a great big fan of it, but it's deserving you know, just our own kind of bias aside, uh, this is a great album worthy of being on a list. Certainly not as high as, you know, not the top 10, like the Rolling Stone 500. Speaking of my God, since we last spoke, uh, the, the co-creator of Rolling Stone has, um, been, I guess, effectively canceled 
Have you heard this? I haven't. Spill the tea. Oh, yeah. Uh, is it Jan Wenner? W-E-N-N-E-R? Um, he has a new book coming out called The Masters, which is The Masters of Rock and Roll. And they are Bono, Bruce Springsteen, Bob Dylan, Pete Townsend, let's see, Mick Jagger, Jerry Garcia, and John Lennon. Seven uh, people. So it's, all, it's, it's a white male heavy list. It's a, a white male exclusive list. And when asked by the New York Times, um, he, he did a whole, they did like a whole profile or whatever for the New York Times. They said, hey, no women, no black people. And he said that they, they being black artists and women were not articulate enough to be in the book. He said the words not articulate enough. Yeah, that's a, and the, that's and the a bad interviewer said the interview the interviewer said not Joni Mitchell. He said nope. And then and then he's like, I mean, Curtis Mayfield is great, but no. Stevie Wonder, no. Dang. I mean, so not only did he say, I mean, he named names of people who's just like, no, they're not it. So, again, all he had to do was say, these are my seven favorites. Yeah, because that's what my seven friends. That's what he means. He means these are the seven people I have the closest relationship to. These are the people who I was on a yacht with this summer. But instead, he said black people and women aren't articulate enough, which, uh, yeah, I don't know how that book is going to do now. So to to quote to quote our beloved Mike Brabiglia, what he should have said was nothing precisely um so yeah so that's and that's the guy who put together rolling stone so we take uh, the rolling stone 500 to task a lot and now i i I just feel validated (laughs) you know so now now it's just like you know what i i I think we got a good thing going here we're certainly better than this guy we may be bad but we're not the worst well my You and I have had, for season one and season two, we've had our friends from Super Awesome Mix come on and give a playlist of our 25 albums of the year. And uh, unfortunately, the guys from Super Awesome Mix, we couldn't line up the schedules for them to come back season three. Uh, So we have done our own mixtape of the 25 albums from this year. And so let's take a quick break. Let our listeners hear from our sponsors, Mirror Coffee Roasters and Spotify for Podcasters. And then we'll be back to share our 25 song playlist for season three. Listener, I want to take a quick second and tell you about Mirror Coffee Roasters. Mirror Coffee Roasters have a modern take on your coffee experience designed to elevate what's good. Their unique lighter roasting approach paired with outstanding coffees from all around the world will leave you with delicious flavor profiles to enjoy right from your home or cafe. They believe in relationships and sustainability and that's what you taste in every cup of mirror coffee roasters i want to encourage you to go to their website mirrorcoffeeroasters.com today and pick up their coffee box a four bag sampler box 
with some of their best coffees from Colombia, Indonesia, Guatemala, and other places around the world. At Mira Coffee Roasters, the goal has always been to use coffee as a tool for change. Whether that's a bag of coffee on a kitchen counter or running a relationship-focused business that goes far beyond generic marketing labels. They want to be a force for good in the industry and beyond. So check out Mirror Coffee Roasters today. took the odds and I took the evens, which means you get one extra pick than I do for the 25. And we're just going to do them in order of how we did them this season. And we've moved uh schmap and schmaz by cap and jazz to the very end. Um, because that was our, our free space mm-hmm. this season. So let's start with uh, our very first episode in an album that you love a great deal. Hounds of love by Kate Bush. What's our pick for hounds of love. I'm going to choose the title track and that's nothing against running up that hill. Um, but the title track hounds of love for me is a perfect song. One of my all time favorite songs, my favorite song on that record and a great music video directed by Kate herself. Uh, if anyone hasn't seen that, uh, I really love it. So, yeah, I, I, feel, I feel like I chose a lot of title tracks in mine. Um, that, that might be a, a recurring theme. So I'm going to start with a title track, which is Hound to Love, Kate Bush. Well, you know, originally this this wasn't my pick that I shared with you before we started. But uh, to keep that trend going, uh, the second album we did this year was Paul Simon's Graceland. And uh, with that theme in mind, I'm going to stick with the title track and say Graceland by Paul Simon. Uh, that title track from that album, uh, we're going to Graceland, Graceland, Memphis, Tennessee. That's going to be my pick from Paul Simon's album of the same name. Great pick. It, it, I mean, it truly feels like year, like, a year ago, at least since we did that album. Yeah. Like, I cannot, I cannot believe that was this season. Um, and that's the same for the next one, which is voodoo, uh, by D'Angelo. I can't believe that was actually this year and this season as well. Uh, and the song for me is going to be devil's pie. Great song. I love it. I love it so much. Not, not a single, um, to my recollection, maybe it was a later one. 
I don't know. I don't have the stuff in front of me, but no, it was not, uh, it was not a single release from that album. God, but it's such a great groove. Yeah. I, I, I've always loved that one. I've always been drawn to it. It's hard to call anything on voodoo, a deep cut, but devil's pie is a great deep cut pick. It's not an obvious pick. Let's, let's just say that at least. It feels obvious to me, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I guess not. Well, the next album we did is my favorite album of all time. Mm -hmm. And one that we finally got to do in season three of the podcast, U2's Joshua Tree. And for as much as we spoke in that episode about how it is a front loaded album where the album starts off with kind of the four mega singles from the album, I'm actually choosing my favorite B-side track of that album in God's country. We did Mad Villainy by Mad Villain, which is, of course, MF Doom and Mad Villain. So let's talk about the pick you have from that great album. Yeah, uh, MF Doom and Mad Lib. Mad Lib, Uh, I'm sorry. Not Mad Villain. Mad Lib. Hey, I'm not offended. Um, This is an obvious pick. It's all caps, uh, which I think is... The best of what Doom does and what Mad Lib does. I think it's the the best display of both their talents on that record, even though I think it's pretty much flawless. Um yeah, I think I think that's kind of the best one. And it gets, you know, kind of like a another way to do like MF Doom myth building of like spell his name in all caps and all that. You know, it's just like it, it, I think it's a really great song to to have here and uh, just a, a perfect display of what they do best i really wrestled with this our next album was johnny cash's at Folsom prison and Folsom prison blues seemed like such a an obvious pick in in as great as it is i went with the song that i most enjoy repeat listening to from that album and it's i still miss someone that's a wild pick because I love that song, but that is not the version of the song that I would listen to. Um, again, love the song. I think it's one of the all-time great songs. But off that record, I think that's that's I think that's a, a unique choice. Um, maybe this is a unique choice. I I don't really know. Um, you know, it's funny because on the head-to-head episodes, we don't get to really get into our favorite tracks. Mm-hmm. 
we never really talked about this record very much um, in terms of like the songs on it. But for me, off of David Bowie's The Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars, I'm choosing the song Soul Love. Interesting choice. A great, uh, a great song, but again, a is a somewhat unconventional choice from that album. It's just great. I love the the snare sound. It's not even a snare, I don't think, mm-hmm. but just like the that sound is really great, really reverb heavy, some great saxophone, Bowie's great on it. Uh just, you know, as good as glam can be. Yeah. So we'll love. Before the grave, a brave son who gave his life to save a slogan that hovers between the headstone and her eyes. For they penetrate a grieving love, a boy and girl are talking. The next album that we did was Vampire Weekend's Modern Vampires of the City. I I think still my favorite album of the 2010s. And um, for you and I both, it didn't matter which one of us had this album. Um, We were both going to choose the same song and how could you not? It's the best song on the album. It's probably the best song of Vampire Weekend year yeah. thus far. Uh, Hannah Hunt, a perfect song. Yeah, no notes. Perfect pick. Now, for me, well, we really just jumped around the season. Um, our next album was Otis Blue, Otis Redding Sing Soul. And I chose the song I've Been Loving You Too Long, um, which even though the best version of that is from Otis at Monterey pop mm-hmm. uh, still this recording of it is, 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 uh, is perfect. Yet the Monterey live version is more perfect. Yeah. It's perfect. Psychotic. Yeah. Um, again, another head to head episode when we did velvet underground, uh, we did velvet underground and Nico against, um, loaded um and i will say that i feel like we didn't get enough of an opportunity to really talk about kind of the great songs on each of these albums mm-hmm. and um on velvet underground and nico I, I mean we could have gone in any direction we could have gone uh i'm waiting for the man uh, i'll be your mirror femme fatale um but i went with sunday morning 
um, which is probably the song from this album I listen to most often. Never a bad morning for Sunday morning from Velvet Underground and Nico. I mean, it's the only sunny song on the album. Sunday morning brings the dawn in. It's just a restless feeling by my side. Early dawn Just the wasted years so close behind Watch out, the world's behind you There's always someone around you who will call It's nothing at all So I guess next up for me is um, we we did we talked a lot about the year 2008 uh, this year and this season and uh, I think what may be the best record that's purely from 2008 was the debut album from Fleet Foxes. Um, it's always fun to like talk about albums that aren't from like the 60s or the 70s on the show because like, we can talk about a record like for me that came out when I was in high school and how excited. It was to like be there when it came out instead of inheriting it from a magazine or a movie or something. You know what I mean? Uh, and the song uh, Ragged Wood has always been a favorite of mine. And I think captures the whole kind of spirit of that album uh, quite perfectly. Yeah. And, and I think for, for, for people who, are only familiar with one song off of the Fleet Foxes debut album. Um, if White Winter Hymnal is all you know about that album, go listen to Ragged Wood. This is a perfect song. Uh, for me, the next album we have, and I'm with you, Micaiah, I'm realizing now as we're going through this playlist, we had a pretty eclectic mix of music this year. We were all over the place. We're going from Fleet Foxes 2008 debut album to Al Green's I'm Still in Love with You and there's no way you can talk about this album and not have love and happiness. Just a wonderful song that was also on your pick. There's another head-to-head episode and that song was also on Greatest Hits. Mm-hmm. So here we are at the end of the season. You get the best of both worlds. That's right. Micaiah, I, I, I want to point this out I can't believe a podcast that you and I have done about great albums. And it took us until season three to do Sufjan Stevens. Hey, that's not, that's not my fault. I, I, I know. I know. But as much as you love age of odds, mm-hmm. we ultimately settled on Illinois or come on feel the Illinois. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, one of your favorite artists of all time, one of my favorite albums of all time. What was your pick from this great, great album? I also want to say that just in this year, Sufjan has released a, another like piano score and he has a new record coming out in October. 
And he recently shared that he had um, some autoimmune disease. Where yeah, he had Guillain Bar syndrome. Yeah, temporary paralyzed. So, of course, we're, you know, thinking about praying for, et cetera, for Sufyan and his recovery and going through physical therapy. Because, I mean, it's really uh, scary to to read about. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just. It's uh, going to be months before he's able to walk again. Yeah, because it's been weird that he has this new record and hasn't done any promotion and that was why, um, you know, so our, you know, thoughts, prayers, hopes, dreams, et cetera, out to, out to Sufjan for that recovery. And for me, I'm going to pick a song that I think is truly an opus of his, uh, which is the song, Come On, Feel the Illinois, um, which is very ambitious. Um, the lyrics are literary in scope, and the music is just this incredible operatic composition uh it's just it's it's a it's a masterpiece it's you know when i was in high school and i heard this i was like this guy's my favorite songwriter my favorite singer my favorite composer my favorite writer this guy is just you know just a creative force that i mean is just unparalleled you know and, and i think that song uh really shows all of his talents as an arranger and a writer and musician and a collaborator you know uh so come on feel the illinois Again, kind of a title track, um, but I think it's just, um, I mean, as perfect as really any song can be. I love that song. the second half of season three and uh, to say the very least our second half of this season was hip hop heavy and uh that being said uh the next album we did was eric b and rakim's 1987 masterpiece paid in full and uh of course how could i not pick a song on this album that gets a shout out in a tribe called quest track eric b is president first single from that record uh yeah it's great and now everyone who's going to movie theaters and went to movies over the summer can see rakim um citing you know lyrics from this album in a sprite commercial the wild time we live in yeah it's neat he's in a classroom and yeah it's it's cool um sprite loves that it's the 50th anniversary of hip-hop um and speaking of hip-hop uh after eric b and rakim we talked about nwa but also dr dre and so we did another head-to-head that got 
pretty hairy there. It almost became neither of the albums. Yeah. Uh, it almost became uh, 2001 by Dre. Um, but I'm, I'm glad that we went with, with NWA, not just because it's my pick, but because it has great songs like Fuck the Police, which is my pick, which I think is just one of the great, most important songs in music history, not, not just hip hop history or, you know, uh, but, but music history, you know, in popular music, I think that this song is uh, just incredible and just, yeah, love it, love it, love it. Fuck the police. Rent said it with authority coming straight from the underground. Well, back to 2008, technically an album that was released online in 2007 uh, this is Bon Iver's for Emma forever ago. And I think that there's not a track on this album. We couldn't have picked. I mean, we, we could literally have gone with any pick from this album. Um, but I'm going with the biggest single from this album. The one that really kind of launched, uh, Bon Iver into the popular culture stratosphere. And that is skinny love wild how iconic the, the, the life cycle of that song was truly wild how it goes online in 2007 is officially released in 2008 and then by 2009 2010 it's like on american idol you know like it's like just shows you you know like you know the longevity of a, of a good song you know i'm sure there's still people on the internet every day posting it on youtube of them singing it was interesting because it wasn't even a head-to-head so much as it was looking at a kind of the highest quality period of the Rolling Stones this you know I wouldn't call it a perfect period by any means but as close as the Rolling Stones get to it this four album run between Beggar's Banquet and Exile on Main Street and so it wasn't just head to head. It was looking at four different albums. And we ultimately settled on Sticky Fingers, the 1971 release. And I think it was, what, the eighth or ninth album we had from 1971 on our list? We've got a lot. 
And it wasn't even the one we nominated. We nominated Let It Bleed. That was our plan. We were going to talk about Let It Bleed, and we had our defenses, and we were ready to go, and we actually had the same album in mind. And then we spent a lot of time with the Rolling Stones that week, and we changed our mind, and then we had to open the floor for a wider discussion and I'm I'm glad we landed on Sticky Fingers and Sticky Fingers for me is actually an album that I liked just fine at the beginning of the season and here at the other end of the season I've come to really like um, mm-hmm. much more um, I and I'm I, I'm very firm in our decision now and uh, the song for me uh, is the album Closer Moonlight Mile which I think is becoming one of my top five Rolling Stone songs. I think it's the best closer that they've ever had. Um, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's an, an, an exceptional song. Um, not not really a great playlist song. There are a lot of great playlist songs. Brown Sugar and Wild Horses. Can you hear me knocking? Those are better playlist songs. Um, so I, I'm you know drifting away from I guess the theme of making a good mixtape to just being like, hey, here's 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 a, here's an incredible song by one of the great rock bands who announced since we've been doing this season, a new record. But Hey, we talked a lot about the Rolling Stones and the Rolling Stones would not exist were it not for someone like Robert Johnson, who we covered the following week with King of the Delta blues singers and man, a lot of great tracks here. Um, Preaching blues would have been a great one to go with. Um, But I'm going to stick with the most familiar Robert Johnson track and, uh, and, and get us back on the track of making a great mixtape and pick crossroad blues. I mean, one of the most important songs ever written mm-hmm. can't be understated. Uh, come back and listen to the episode. We kind of, you know, to probably talk more like history on that, um, episode than probably any of them. Um, but I enjoyed it. Now one was just you and I, and I, and I, we had a great time, listening to Robert Johnson's great because you can find the complete Robert Johnson and listen to it in less than an afternoon. Cause the, the whole it's catalog is right there. Yeah. So it's, you know, why not? Hey, if you've never done it before, go do it. You, it takes no time essentially. Okay. 20, uh, so 29 songs the, and nine and nine additional takes. And that's it. That's the totality of his recorded music. Yeah. So from the devil at the crossroads to Lucifer, uh, we're going to Jay-Z's The Black Album. However, this is another one. We started with The Blueprint. But I don't think either of us were ever confident in that. Um, so it was be- it became kind of a larger discussion between Reasonable Doubt, The Blueprint, and The Black Album. Kind yeah. of the big three. And the more we listened to the three of them, we just landed on, hey, I think that the black album is maybe the best like mainstream hip hop album of the two thousands other than Stankonia. Cause we already had an outcast pick anyway, but, and, and this is another album like, like sticky fingers are like, I've really come to like love this album. I I've spent so much time with it. And it's one that I actually want to go back and listen to um, more and more. Yeah. So, uh, but my song in, in the spirit of just the absolute worst sequence of any album on our list, I'm going to go with a song that's in the middle of the album called Public Service Announcement, parentheses, interlude, in which Jay-Z finally, toward the back half of the album, introduces himself. So that'll be my you know, contribution to this list. Please allow me to reintroduce myself. 
My name is Hove. H to the O-V. I mean, Crazy the- that you chose an interlude from the Black Album, an album that starts with an interlude. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. And yet somehow it still works. Fellow Americans, it is with the utmost pride and sincerity that I present this recording as a living testament and recollection of history in the making during our generation. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho. H to the OV. I used to move snowflakes by the OZ. I guess even back then you can call me CEO of the ROC. Ho. Fresh out the frying pan into the fire. I be the music biz number one supplier. Flyer than a piece of paper bearing my name. Got the hottest chick in the game wearing my chain. That's right, ho. Not DOC, but similar to them letters. No one could do it better. I check chatter like a food inspector. My homie Strick told me, dude, finish your breakfast. So that's what I'ma do. Take you back to the dude with the Lexus. Fast forward the jewels and the necklace. Let me tell you dudes what I do to protect us. Shoot at you actors like movie directors. <laughs> Say the movie, dogs. Now, before I finish. But moving from Jay's album that doesn't make sense but still works, we move to his far more talented wife, who seems to make everything work, but nothing more than that Coachella performance that we have on Homecoming and from Beyonce's Homecoming. So many great choices. Because of the sheer size of this album, we didn't do top five. We did top ten and Mm -hmm. still felt like we were running out of so many great things we wanted to talk about. But I'm going to go with Formation. And even though it's not one song but two, I would actually throw in, I think you need to listen to it from Lift Every Voice and Sing and that transition from Lift Every Voice and Sing into Formation. It is as good as it gets on that album. That's what's hard about picking a song from that album because everything kind of works together as a whole, you know? So when you start splitting, like I would have put countdown, but the way countdown, the way she gets in and out of countdown is equally like important. So just choosing that. And it's only like a minute and a half of that song anyway. So, you know, it's just, it's, it's a wild album. I'm glad we chose that over Renaissance or lemonade. Cause I, I, I do think that it is, you know, just a, as an artist her 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 crowning achievement um wow then after that uh we went to de la soul i mean this is this is the year of de la soul you know that all of their music is finally being reissued on physical media and it's finally on streaming for the first time ever um so i can sit at work and listen to these albums their whole catalog over and over and over again which i have done many times over um, so this has been a big day law year for me and we chose the album three feet high and rising, even though we love all the Prince Paul albums, um, almost equally, uh, this one rises above them, uh, because it's just an incredible debut. And I chose the song plug tune in, uh, which is essentially the first song that they did together. Um, except this is a new version for this record. And I think it just displays just their goofiness, the experimental side of them. I just think that it's, uh, yeah. It's, yeah. I uh, mean, it's, it's a youthful okay. album and an incredibly youthful song. It, it's probably the most fun album we have on our list. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think so too. In uh, going from a fun hip hop album to a, a great hip hop album that is not as fun as people often give it credit for. It is it is a harder album than people often think about. Of course, Notorious B.I.G.'s Ready to Die. And uh, I mean, there are two massive hits on this album, two of, I think, arguably the top 20 hip hop's greatest hip hop songs of all time. Uh, and so I'm going with, I think, the most familiar Big Papa. In the place with style and grace Allow me to lace these lyrical douches In your bushes Who uh, rock grooves and make moves with all the mommies The back of the club Sipping my witness where you find me The back of the club Macking holes, my crew's behind me Mad question asking, blunt passing Music lasting But I just can't quit Because one of these homies Biggie got to creep with Sleep with, keep the epic secret Why not? Why blow up my spot? Cause we both got hot Now check it, I got more Mac than Craig and in the bed. Believe me, sweetie, I got enough to feed the needy. No need to be greedy. I got mad friends with Benzes. See notes by the layers. True fucking players. Jump in the rover and come over. Tell your friends, jump in the GS3. I got the chronic by the truth. I love the way you call me Big Pop. Throw your hands in the air. If you's a true player. I love the when you call me Big Pop. To the honeys getting money playing niggas like dummies. Uh. I love you gotta come up in your waist, please don't shoot up the place. Cause I see some ladies tonight that should be having my baby. Uh, baby. Straight up, honey, really, I'm asking. And I had a similar uh, issue with my next pick uh, because it's a, it's a, it's pretty hardcore, pretty tough record that also has more sensitive stuff on it than people give it credit for. Uh, and that's the first Wu Tang album, Into the Wu Tang, parentheses, 36 Chambers. And I really struggled to pick one song here because this is another album that I've always liked. Uh, but again, this I've listened, I listened to it twice a day for the week leading up to the episode. And so um, became really hooked on it. So um, this has been another one for me this year that I've just become really infatuated with more than before. And I, I decided the best song here would be Protect Your Neck. One, I don't think I chose that in when I did our top five for that episode, so I can redeem myself here. And also, I think it has the most of them featured on it. Because uh, I was I was like, oh, I can do that one, but only two of them are on it, or only three of them are on it. And I think this has just kind of the the, the widest, you know, picture of, of Wu-Tang. So I'm going with Protect Your Neck, the first single also, that pretty much launched them. So when this record could come out almost a year later, people were just ready for it. Our most recent episode is our next record, Pavement. We had a really great head-to-head conversation with our friends, The Paranoid Style, Slanted and Enchanted, their debut versus Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain, their follow-up. And I think that this head-to-head and the recency bias of it uh, man, I'm still listening to Pavement like crazy. Uh, it's been, you know, the last three weeks really have have just been diving into all five of these albums. Um, we've both seen them since <laughs> since the the that's right. The, this uh, episode came out, and uh, I mean, no disappointment at all uh, delivered. Um, 
nostalgic fun in, in all the things you hoped it would be. Um, and so if we're going to talk about pavement, we have to, I think, stick with the song that introduced both of us to this band and their biggest single of all time from Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain. It's Cut Your Hair. Love it. When people went nuts and they played it second to last of their set and people went nuts. And then they ended with Range Life, also from Crooked Rain, which was incredible. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm still high on pavement you know just listening to them for the couple weeks leading up to the episode you know because i was doing double duty it's like oh i'm gonna see them so i want to listen to it and we're gonna do the episode so i could not have been more prepared to see them you know um you know uh, uh with that preparation that level of preparation um and it was their last show of their like tour so that felt pretty special and they seemed um torn up about that and i got a wowie zowie hat out of it um great pick so that was 94 and our last album came out in 1995 um nicknamed schmap and schmass because the actual title is just um unlearnable mm-hmm. um and we've talked about this record quite a bit actually because we've had two bonus emo episodes um and as i've said before uh, when it comes to emo, kind of all roads lead to Cap and Jazz. And for me, the song Oh Messy Life is the one that you got to go to. If you're going to turn on Cap and Jazz and you're going to turn someone else on to Cap and Jazz, you got to go to Oh Messy Life. Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's their best song. It's the best song on their only album. Um, it, it, it's, it's the blueprint that paves the way from Cap and Jazz to everything else that yeah, would yeah. follow whether that is anything that the Kinsella brothers have done, whether that's American football or owls or promise ring, or, I mean, all of the emo roads lead back, not just to this band, but to this song. Uh, yeah, so yeah. what a great, uh, what a great final pick. What a great way to end our season three mixtape.
Well, Micaiah, you and I, every season, because the purpose of this play, the purpose of this podcast is to put together our combined top 100 albums with the caveat that we can only have one album per artist. And so we do not rank during the course of the season. We rank only once at the very end of the year. And we have really stuck to the same methodology for the first three seasons of this podcast, which is we each do a ranking of all of the albums on the podcast thus far. And we do a best list, what we think are objectively the best albums. And then we do a favorites list. And so this gives us an opportunity. So for me, um, I recognize Blue by Joni Mitchell is an objectively great album. So it's got, it's a top 10 best album, even though it's not a top 50 favorite album for me. So it gives us an opportunity to kind of recognize what we see objectively and what we see personally. And we each do those. So we have four lists and then we essentially assign them point values based on their position. And you have done the work of compiling all of those points. And I'm going to have you tell our listeners what our highest point total was without giving away the album and what our lowest point total was. And then starting at number 75 at our lowest ranked album, let's go all the way up to what I believe will be a predictable number one. Um, but this is something you and I are hearing in real time. So our listeners are going to get us, to, our listeners are going to get to hear us discover this ranking live. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Our, our highest ranked album came in at 296 points. No spoilers. Um, and our number 10 was 234. So if that gives you any indication. And the 200 stop at 15, actually. Uh, but the lowest one uh, was 28 points. A humble 28 points. And it is a record from 1991, which many people say is one of the greatest years for music of all time. The album, Nevermind, by Nirvana. Yeah. In, in, in that for, for a list that you and I are putting together, that feels right. That's definitely you and I, right? Mm -hmm. That's that, that, that is not the popular consensus. Um, but for you and I, yep. That's where we rank it. I that's accurate for the, our, our taste. Yeah. So we're acknowledging this is a top 100 album, but we don't believe it's, it's high in the top 100. It's not top 10. Like, a lot of people have it. Yeah. So I'm going to do these in groups of 15. How's that? Perfect. So, so five, five groups of 15. Uh, number 74, never mind the bollocks. Here's the Sex Pistols. Number 73, the 1961 compilation, King of the Delta Blues Singers by Robert Johnson. Number 72, Schmap and Schmaz by Cap and Jazz. Okay, still low, but pretty cool. 71, Straight Outta Compton by NWA. 70, Folklore by Taylor Swift, the newest album on our list, coming in at 70 of 75. 69, Funeral by Arcade Fire. 
68. This makes sense. Uh, is this it by the strokes? I'm sure that on both of our lists, they probably came pretty close in the favorites and the best. Um, so it makes sense that those would be have between them 77 and 71 points, respectively. 67, the Black Album, uh, which is actually tied with what's coming in at 66, Sticky Fingers. 65, Live at the Apollo by James Brown. 64, Paid in Full by Eric B. and Rock Kim. 63, the debut album from Fleet Foxes. 62, Win the Pawn by Fiona Apple. And 61, Sometimes I Sit and Think, and Sometimes I Just Sit by Courtney Barnett. Rob, what do you think of that first set of 15? Anything offensive to you? No, nothing is nothing offensive to me. In, in I will tell you the only surprise is that Fiona Apple was in the bottom 15. Yeah. Well, and, I'll and, say for me, if it were my pick, fetch the bolt cutters, I would have put it higher. Now, I'm not holding a grudge against Win the Pawn. I put fetch the bolt cutters just much higher than a record. So I'm not I'm not purposefully tanking it, but it just doesn't mean as much to me as her most recent record. All yeah. that makes sense. You ready to? Yeah, let's jump into the next 15. All right. So from 60 to 46. Okay. Uh, 60 at Folsom Prison. Another live album uh, by Johnny Cash. 59 XO by Elliot Smith with 99 points. So now at 58, we have with 102 points Fear of a Black Planet by Public Enemy. 57 I'm Still in Love with You, Al Green. 56 Fear of Music. By Talking Heads. 55, Are You Experienced? By the Jimi Hendrix Experience. 54, Tapestry. By Carol King. 53, Crooked Rain, Crooked Rain. By Pavement. 52, Homecoming. By Beyonce. 51, Car Wheels on a Gravel Road. By Lucinda Williams. 54, by Led Zeppelin. 49, Trouble Will Find Me by The National. 48, Enter the Wu-Tang, The 36 Chambers. 47, Otis Blue, Otis Redding Sing Soul. And 46, Ready to Die by The, the Notorious B.I.G. Mikhail, what do you think about those 15? Honestly, I feel like I'm just naming albums. It's kind of hard to understand where everything is. Um, Trouble Will Find Me, I think, is really high. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pleased with that. I, I love seeing I am National too. in the top 50. I, I'm really pleased with the National being that high. Um, Tapestry is not in the top 50. Um, part of that is Crooked Rain and Homecoming are right above it mm -hmm. and i feel like it's a big year for beyonce with the renaissance world tour and we just coming off of pavement maybe we put it really high yeah and i think so i mean again i think that's where it's hard is because um you know for all the biases we talk about when doing a list like this there's also the reality of like just what you're digging on at the time and i the, think the moment you make the list yeah, yeah. And, and so i think you and i were both feeling really good about pavement when we made the list 
And here's the thing. Tapestry, 118. Crooked Rain, 119. Yeah. I mean, they're essentially tied. And we did have one tie in there, which is Car Wheels on a Gravel Road at 51 and Zeppelin at 50. So Car Wheels just missed the 50 uh, because of Led Zeppelin, which, I mean, they're both the best album of their kind. Um, So they belong there. Enter the Woo, I think, might be low for me. I thought that that might be higher. And Ready to Die might be a little low. I don't know. If, I don't know how I feel about it. I, I guess I'll have to see the rest of the list to know how I feel about, you know, so where those albums are. In the same way that I think Pavement benefited from how much we were enjoying it when we did these lists, I I think that, and we talked about this extensively in our Wu-Tang episode, you and I, I think, probably bit off more than we could chew when we did the Wu-Tang episode in by we, ourselves. Yeah. I mean, we, we just went for the entirety of the Wu-Tang universe discography. And I, I think by the time we finished that mm-hmm. episode, I was just burnt out on Wu-Tang. And so sure. I, I think if we redid these lists in six months, I think Wu-Tang would be higher. Um, I would hope pavement mm-hmm. stays as high, but I think Wu-Tang would be higher I just, the idea of listening to more Wu-Tang right now is just not what I want to do because we went through just so many hours of, of these 10 guys. Right. Well, Rob, I think this is about the point where we start breaking hearts. Okay. So this is 45 to 31. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it. At 45, the Joshua tree by you two. <laughs> Rob, let's, Let's have the discussion now. How do you feel about that? That's not, that's your number one. How do you, how do you feel about that? But I also knew in, in admittedly, I don't think Joshua tree made my top 20 in terms of best. It was number one in my favorite list. Um, I don't think it was, I think it was just outside of the top 20 on, on my best list. Mm-hmm. And I knew that it wouldn't be high on either one of yours. So 45 Absolutely. feels feels right about where I expected it to be. Cool. Okay. And top 50. Knowing, knowing that it's a list that you and I are putting together, it being just inside the top 50 feels appropriate. Because yeah. it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like an unnecessarily biased high album. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you know, because really if you're thinking about it, only one album per artist. U2's Joshua Tree at 45, that that feels, I don't think that we would have many uh, music critics who would, you know, given the kind of limitations of our list, I don't think we would have many people that would throw their hands up and, and say, how could you in either direction? Right, right. Getting back into it. 44, Mad Villainy. 43, the Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars by David Bowie. 42, For Emma, Forever Ago by Bon Iver. 41, I Never Loved a Man the Way I Love You by Aretha Franklin. 40, Voodoo by D'Angelo. 39, Modern Vampires of the City by Vampire Weekend. 38, Music from Big Pink by The Band. 37, Hounds of Love by Kate Bush. 
36, Born to Run by Bruce Springsteen. 35, Armed Forces by Elvis Costello and the Attractions. 34, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill by Miss Lauren Hill. 33, Hatful of Hollow by The Smiths, which was tied with Superfly, which came in at 32 on a technicality. And 31 is Let It Be by The Replacements. Rob, how do we feel about that set of 15 from 31 to 45? That's a good group. That's a, that's a really good group. And here's the thing. When hearing that grouping and going, okay, this is 31 to 45, I think the first 15, that like 75 to 61 group, mm-hmm. there, there are albums in there that I don't always love listening to. Mm-hmm. Now we're in, like, we just did a group of 15, and I could put on any of those 15 albums at any moment and be happy. Yeah. And so we're, we're, we're really getting into that sweet spot of where be- the, the Venn diagram of best and favorites are really overlapping a lot. And so <laughs> knowing that that's where we are now, I'm really excited to hear yeah. the top 30 in this list. What I do you like- and how, how do you feel about it? I feel like Bowie should probably be higher. Um, I'm, I don't know if I'm glad that Mad Villainy is 44, if I think it should be higher. Because I'm like, what, what's the rest of this list look like if that's 44? Um, Modern Vampires, I think, is high. Um, no, but I think I it's... I, 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 think, I, think, I think Modern Vampires... Uh, truthfully, I think Modern Vampires on both of my lists was higher than it is here. Yeah. I believe that to be true. Um, I just don't think it should be higher than for Emma, which is at 42 and vampires is at 39. Um, Hounds of love at 37. I'm not offended by, I knew that that one was not going to be top 25. So 37, I'm, I'm cool with, I get it. Um, Bruce was actually higher than I thought he might be. I mean, if it were dark and sunny at a town or Nebraska, I'd be equally happy. I, I think that what you're saying when you're talking about it being an artist pick if it were darkness on the edge of town or Nebraska, it would probably still be 36. Yeah. Because we feel like whatever our top three Bruce albums are, we feel pretty strongly about those three albums to where mm-hmm. no matter which album of his, it is, it's going to be pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's the same for Elvis Costello being at 35, just above him with armed forces. Yeah. I mean, so I was going to say, I'm, I'm a little, just knowing our shared love for Elvis Costello, I am a little surprised that armed forces was not in the top 30, but, (laughs) but top 40 feels, uh, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not mad about that. Top, top 35. I mean, yeah. Well, uh, and and, should we go ahead and jump in to 30 through 16. Okay. 30. I like this. I like it next to the replacements radio city. By Big Star. This one's high. At 29, Wild Flowers by Tom Petty. At 28, Automatic for the People, REM. 27, Graceland by Paul Simon. 26, There's a Riot Going On by Sly and the Family Stone. 25, The Great 28 by Chuck Berry. 24, Kid A. 23, The Ramones. 22, Mothership Connection by Parliament. 21, Illinois by Sufjan Stevens. 
And this is the, the best favorite corollary happening here. 20, Transatlanticism by Death Cab for Cutie. 19, Blonde by Frank Ocean, which is technically tied with 18, The Velvet Underground and Nico. The next two are tied as well at 17, Kind of Blue by Miles Davis. And it's 16, Astral Weeks by Van Morrison. That's a great group of 15 albums. No notes. That's that's pretty cool. Wildflowers, again, that's high. But Florida. We're Florida boys. He's the, the pride of Gainesville. We're going to represent for Tom Petty every time. I think Automatic for the People is high, but right. Um, I wish there was a riot going on. It was in the top 25. I'm glad Great 28 is in the top 25. Um, Transatlanticism is high. But for our list, it's a perfect album. You know, like come at me. It's celebrating twenty years on on a tour right now that's being covered. Like, I see, I see posts about it all the time from every music outlet, just being like, "This show is amazing." the The Give Up Transatlanticism tour is amazing. Like, people are like going nuts. So, I think right now there's a a reevaluation and a new appreciation that's definitely happening around that album. Right now, if they did a top 500 again this year, I think it goes up on every list. Yeah. Or, um, or at least shows up on the list. Remember, remember this is... This is a unique one. This is, this is among our very first 10 episodes of the podcast, and we kind of threw the gauntlet down and said, look, this is the one that everyone has forgotten. Like, you, yep. you forgot transatlanticism put this on your list, put it high on your list. It is a perfect album. It is, I think the best album of 2003. It is among the top 10 albums of the two thousands. It's, I mean, and and then on just on top of that, it is a personal favorite uh, for both of us as well. Yeah. And I, and I, and I love the astral weeks is at 16. Cause I know you don't love it as much as I do. um, But to see it still fairly high up there, um, it, d- it does make me pretty happy. Well, I mean, I, I it's not. I prefer Moondance over it, mm-hmm. but it is still a phenomenal album, and I love Van Morrison. So, I mean, it was it was always gonna it was always gonna be be up there. All right, top fifteen. Wow. Okay. Okay. Let, let's seeing... take them. Let's take them one at a time. And before we jump into this, I I do want to say this: that kind of favorite best overlap. Mm-hmm. that we talked about with transatlanticism. I also want to acknowledge Mothership Connection is another place oh, yeah. to do that. That favorite best overlap. And I think Mothership Connection should be higher on other lists because mm-hmm. for as much as we talked about hip-hop this season, it was impossible to cover as much hip hop as we did without regularly going back and talking about parliament and talking about George Clinton and talking about Bootsy Collins and talking about P funk and the impact that it had on hip hop music. And as popular music leans more and more towards hip hop, I think we will continue to see appreciation for mothership connection, uh, continue to go up for, for the albums in the top 15, there are six albums or artists that are directly inspired by Parliament and George Clinton. And George Clinton appears on two of those albums that are in the yeah. top 15. 
and is sampled on two, three. So, I mean, there's still a lot of parliament after, you know, being represented there. In the top 15, there's actually a lot of parliament, Funkadelic and George Clinton. Um, well, let's let's take these, since we're here to the top 15, let's take them one at a time. Number 15. This is a surprise to me, and I'm all in on this. Exodus by Bob Marley and the Whalers. I'm here for that. Again, I think so. You know, we talked about Wildflowers by Tom Petty being, I think, a demonstration of Florida in in the fact that we are both from the same place. Mm-hmm. Um, I think growing up in beach communities, um, I think being from where we're from, there is a love for Bob Marley and a love for reggae that is. Mm-hmm you know, probably disproportionate for us. Um, but for our list, Exodus by Bob Marley in the top 15 feels, feels right at home. That feels like, feels like a good spot to be. I'm totally into it. And I think that we need to take Bob Marley back from just like the white, the Ross Trent of the world. That's right. Uh, don't, don't let the Ross Trent get in the way of ruining your experience of listening to Bob Marley. It's my big message. Number 14, I don't love this blue by Joni Mitchell should be in the top 10. In, uh, in, and I will, and, and look, I'll take the blame for this. It, I ranked it high in my, in my best list. I'm sure it made very close to the top in your best and your favorites. Uh-huh. It, it, it just wasn't high in my favorites list. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, top 15, uh, top 13. Again, this is the year for them. De La Soul, three feet high and rising. Love it. Love to see it. Um, yeah, stand by it. I'd like to see Blue higher. I'm not going to lie. Uh, that, that one, that, that's a hard hit for me. Um, but yeah, I, I love this album. We, we talked about De La. Um, 12, Thriller by Michael Jackson. In an episode where we've already talked about someone being canceled, Look, I, I I feel as conflicted about this as you do, listener. Um, but it's it's a perfect album. It is an undeniable album. It is an album that changed the face of pop music forever. I yeah. mean, it changed the world. It it did, and it's still so much fun to listen to. It's still fun to listen to now, yeah. forty years later. But but yeah. hey, I, I will say I'm I'm. Kind of surprised it wasn't a top 10. Well, I'm, I feel the same way about this one. Number 11, what's going on by Marvin Gaye. 11's high, but that feels like a top 10 album. It's the number one on Rolling Stones 500. Um, yeah, but there's, there, there's some surprising, there, there's, I think at least one, maybe one, oh, maybe, I don't know. Well, you know what? Without further ado, number 10 with 234 points to Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. Can I, can I tell you honestly, I think that might be low. I, I was, I was expecting it to be higher. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, but I'm looking at nine to one. It's got some stiff competition. Okay. 
Um, I, think, I think because because just the list is so long now, and I've heard you say so many albums, I'm I'm in my mind trying to think about what's still out there, and obviously, like the what I think will be the top three are still there. Uh-huh. Well, There's so, exciting stuff. Yeah. All right. So number nine. I kind of want to do a guessing game with you, but oh, let's do that. So number nine. Can I guess what number nine is? Yeah. Guess what number nine is. Songs in the Key of Life. No. It's tied with Songs of the Key of Life. Number nine is Aquimini by Outcast. Okay. How do you feel about Aquimini being higher than To Pimp a Butterfly? I'm I I stand by that. If I, if I was if if I was ranking if I was ranking the best hip hop albums of all time, I would put Aquimini ahead of To Pimp a Butterfly. And so you've done. Yeah. Uh, and 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 by the way, only one hip hop album I would put ahead of Aquimini. And I, I, I believe I know which one you're talking about. Um, do you, Okay, so I, I also spoiled the number eight is Songs in the Key of Life by Stevie Wonder. Yeah, I mean... Top 10, feels right. It is double albums that are marketed as a double album. The rest, because they're like CD era, are double LPs. But Songs in the Key of Life is one of the double LPs in our top 10. It, it probably is a top five double LP period. So it, yeah. Number seven. No. Okay. So, so hold on. So number eight was Stevie wonder songs in the key of life. Uh-huh. So my guess for number seven is what would be my number one hip hop album. Low in theory by trap called quest. You're doing great at 250 points. Number seven is the low in theory by tribe called quest. Um, I mean, for us, I mean, like it is okay. Here's the thing about low in theory for me, and I'm sure you, it is synonymous with hip hop. Yeah. Like it just, for me, it is hip hop. You ask me what is hip hop? I give you the low in theory. I give you that album cover. I give you Q-Tip and Fife and Ali Shaheed Muhammad. I give you check the rhyme. Right. I mean, like it just, it's, it's jazzy. It's funky. It's like it is hip hop. You know what I mean? So like, it just, yeah, I, I love that it's our number seven and I, I I have no tasty backsies on that. Okay. So I think, so I'm trying to think, so I'm, I'm down this. So I think I know the six albums that are left. So I'm just trying to figure out the order. I think you'll get it. Okay. Number six, Yankee hotel Foxtrot. That's the one number six. Um, which for us is the best album of the 2000s, which, yeah, I think it is. I think it's the best album of the 2000s, uh, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. Um, I love this. I, cause I think that, I think Yankee Hotel is the best album of the 2000s. I think Lowen Theory is the best album of the 90s. And I think To Pimp a Butterfly is the best album of the 2010s. So I love seeing them in the top 10. Okay, so I think I've got I, I think I've got the top five then. Okay. Um so, so number five. By the way, um Wilco's album, new album Cousin comes out on the 29th. I just got mine in the mail today. I cannot wait to listen to it. Really? You have I'm surprised you haven't pulled it out yet. All my other LPs are packed, so it's like the only one I can listen to right now. Um okay. Do you want to guess number, top five? Here we are. Yeah, so I'm guessing number five is purple is purple rain. No. No, so it's it's London Calling then. Yes. Yeah. Number, okay, number five, 
with 274 points. London Calling. I mean, this is our list specifically. You know, I'm I'm half of what this list is, so I'm going to rank this pretty damn high on best and favorite. So, and that's so knowing your love for this album, I thought it would be higher than five. It's 274. The next album is 276, and the next is 277. Okay, so we're we're getting very tight in here. Yeah. The London Calling at five. Mm-hmm. Let's see if I finally got this right. <laughs> Purple Rain at four. Purple Rain is number four with 276. Um, and I think with all of the MJ stuff being unavoidable now, I think for you and I, if we did this list five years ago, Thriller's number four and Purple Rain is 12, potentially. Um, yeah, I could maybe. Um, I could see that. I, I feel like that might be the case. But like, you know, Prince died pretty recently, and there's been so many great, you know, there's the, the like incredible reissue of Purple Rain. And so it's just like, I, I think it's it's time for Purple Rain to like, not that it was ever underappreciated, but it was always in Thriller Shadow. Because Thriller, I thought, for, for was a just... a long time. I, I, think, I think in the last decade, it has really come out of its shadow and stood on its own. I think so. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So Purple Rain at four, mm-hmm. which means I know I know what number one is going to be because it's our list. All right. So keep in mind that Purple Rain is 276. This next one is 277. It's basically a 50-50 pick. Yeah. So I'm going to say it is Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys. Number three on the You Forgot One list from 1966, Revolver by the Beatles. <laughs> love it. I mean, love it. And I and by the way, I will say because because knowing that reveals of course that number 2 is Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys, which feels appropriate always the bridesmaid never the bride. Cuz it's always number 2. Um, but here's what I will say. If there is anything that has happened for me in my taste in the three the, the biggest leap that has happened in my taste in music in the three years we have been doing this podcast is I went, I went from someone who liked the beach boys and objectively valued how great they were Mm -hmm. to someone who is legitimately a huge beach boys fan over the, over the course of the three years that we have done this podcast, my love for pet sounds has, has gone up dramatically. I love that. I love hearing that. Um, however, there's really a no surprise as to what our number one is, but 296 points, almost a perfect score. Blood on the tracks, Bob Dylan. Uh, we come pretty damn close to being a Bob Dylan podcast on our off season. Um, so of course he is our number one. Um, this year we had the time out of mind bootleg series. We had the shadow kingdom score finally, or not score soundtrack finally released on vinyl and streaming. Uh, we are going to have the, the, the live at Budokan like box set. So it's a pretty good year for Dylan fans. And also he's going back on tour uh, this fall to continue the rough and roundy ways tour. So a good year to be a Dylan fan and another good year for you forgot one because there he is 
unmoved since 2021, Bob Dylan, Blood on the Tracks, our number one album. I, I, I mean, really, I, I don't have, you know, it's, it's hard because it is a 75. And I think, you know, listeners will go ahead and let the cat out of the bag. Um, over the last week, I think Makai and I both hated this process. Um, oh, oh uh, we, we didn't even get into that. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I picking it up, putting it down, I throw, I mean, th- truly, literally throwing my phone in my hands in the air and giving up every time I went to make my lists. Yeah. Um, it, it was not a fun process for us. And, and I will tell you, if there's anything for as much as Makai and I love lists in as much um, criticism as we have given various lists over the years, uh, man, nothing has, I think, given us a greater appreciation been the difficulty of this process than doing it on our own for this podcast. That being said, I, I'm okay with this 75. Um, there, I mean, there, there are things that I would like to be a little higher or a little lower. Yeah. There, there, there are some surprise that there, there are some surprises in terms of like, Oh, that's higher than that. But mm-hmm. there's not really anything on this list that I, that I'm going, wow, I can't believe that. I mean, I wish, I wish blue were in the top 10, but looking at our top 10 is, it is just like, who do I knock off? Bob Dylan, the beach boys, the Beatles, Prince, the clash, Wilco tribe, Stevie wonder, outcast Kendrick's just like, well, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, that's a tight 10. So yeah, I mean, I, yeah, again, I, I don't, I don't know if when we do our top 100, if we'll do this methodology, I don't know how far this will get us when we have a hundred albums. Well, well, here here might be a good moment to actually kind of share what's coming on the horizon. Um, listener, Mackay and I have, have made the decision that next season will be the final season of this album podcast. Um, you forgot one, this podcast has an albums podcast. Once we arrive at that hundred list, um, that, that will be the end. So next season will be our final season of the podcast. But look, one of the things Makai and I have talked about, and you're going to get to hear at least one bonus episode, uh, this off season about is Makai and I, though we are both huge audiophiles, um, we are also both big cinephiles and, um, after a hundred albums, after four years of doing a podcast about the, you forgot 100 albums, uh, I think we are going to pivot, um, after our fourth season and potentially do you forgot one movies and do a hundred movie list. And instead of just doing, uh, as like we did for the albums list, only one album per artist, we would do only one movie per director. Um, so very kind of similar methodology coming up with a hundred movies with only, uh, only one movie per director. Uh, and, and so that's what we're thinking of after next season. But in the meantime, we've got a lot of work to do to get ready for season number four. We've got some exciting, uh, some, some exciting bonus episodes coming up as Micaiah and I have mentioned uh, in the bonus episodes, we kind of do turn into a little bit of a Bob Dylan podcast. And so uh, last 
Last year, we gave you a bonus episode that was essentially our Dylan Great 28. But when you have been making albums for 60 years, uh, a, a Great 28 is not enough. And so we're going to do a second Great 28 of Bob Dylan, 28 new songs that were not featured on our last episode of uh, Dylan Great 28. So we're going to get into some deeper cuts and we're really excited for that. Um, we're going to have our friend Michael Washburn back uh, to do an album of his choosing. Um, of course, we still need to pick out what our free space album is going to be for next season. And so, oh, yeah. so you'll hear a podcast about that. Um, and then Makai and I are going to do a movie podcast uh, episode bonus episode, you know, you've heard us do, um, best Christmas albums, best Christmas songs, best Halloween songs. And so we're going to do a bonus episode coming up here next month where we talk about the best Halloween movies and the best Christmas movies. And I'm really excited for that. So there's a lot to look forward to. Uh, those episodes will come out every other week, uh, from now until January. And then we'll be back in January with brand new episodes, season four in our final season of you forgot one. Micaiah, any last thoughts looking back at season three in our first 75, three quarters of the way done through our list. It, it feels really, it actually feels like we're accomplishing something at this point that, it, that it's not just like, like, it's like, oh, we are going to make it to a hundred and we're going to have completed this project together. You know what I mean? Like, it, it feels like, oh, we're, we're, we, we have, it's just, it's just nice to have a goal and set a goal and accomplish it. Like no matter how big or small. And like, so just knowing like we're three quarters of the way to finishing this project, it's just really exciting. And I think that season four is going to have a momentum and kind of an air to it that season three didn't have i think senior year for the pod is going to be really exciting yeah hope hopefully it'll it'll be that really kind of swan song uh senior and, and not like senioritis where we're like just limping to get through and skipping a bunch of days of school yeah i mean there's that's a, that's a possibility but you know <laughs> let's let's hope for the best i'll have a book coming out that march yeah. so we know that we'll at least have to do an episode on that and that'll be fun yeah, we're going to, and, and listeners, if if we haven't mentioned it already, uh, March of 2024, uh, Micaiah's 33 and a third on the Clashes Sandinista is coming out. And you can go to Bloomsbury's website and pre-order that book right now. We encourage you to do so. And uh, we're going to devote a few episodes in March to uh, Micaiah and his book and uh, the Clashes Sandinista, um, an album that we love. And because we obviously did London Calling on this podcast, we haven't really had an opportunity to talk much about Sandinista on the podcast yet, even though you've written a book about it. So we're going to devote some time uh, next year, next spring, to that album in Micaiah's book. And we're so excited for that. And of course, Micaiah continues to write for the fanzines that are coming out with the Bandbox special releases. So we want to encourage you to go to bandbox.com and pre-order some of the Bandbox rocks. 
Bandbox.com. Bandboxrocks.com. Uh, bandboxrocks.com and yeah. pre-order some of those uh, new records and new zines that are coming out. They are well worth the money. And uh, and of course, if if you like us talking about Bob Dylan um, on my podcast, Generous Orthodoxy, uh, just today um, we've had our first episode of what will be three parts on Bob Dylan's gospel period. So uh, looking at Bob Dylan's gospel period from a faith perspective, um, it's going to be fun. I hope that you enjoy it. Micaiah, three years of doing this, bud. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for the fun. What a ride, huh? Yeah, it's been great. One more year to go, and boy, am I excited for it. Listeners, thanks for being with us. Of course, uh, you can reach out to us and tell us your thoughts on Season 3 and our list of 75 albums thus far. You can find us on Instagram at You Forgot One, on X, formerly Twitter, at You Forgot One Pod. Of course, our website is youforgotone.com. And Micaiah, for everyone who is listening on their myriad podcasting platforms, what should they do? You should like, follow, or subscribe, whichever your provider tells you to do, uh, especially with these um, bonus episodes that are going to come out every other week and maybe different days of the week based on our availability. So, you know, if you like, follow, and subscribe, once we release those, they'll be on your device ready to go. So I, I recommend that. Um, also, if you want to do us a solid, give us a five-star review. And you can do us one better. You can even write a review. Um lets us know what it is that you're enjoying and also helps other people find the show. Micaiah, I'm going to let you pick oh. our outro song for the end of season three. What is your favorite song that we have covered from any of the albums in season three? Give me your favorite song to send us out with. I mean, that's basically like asking me what's my favorite song of all time, but uh, my song for the end of season three, this is an album that had a, an anniversary just yesterday, and it is the lowest ranking album on our list. I'm choosing Drain You by Nirvana from Nevermind. Listener, we'll see you in two weeks. One